as you continue to read. I want you to understand the gravity of some of the challenges that the Apostle Paul faced. Second Corinthians, he's writing this second letter uh, to the Corinthian church, but I want you to see in verse uh, 1 who, who it also is meant to go to. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and it's by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Achaia. Now, I just want to mention to you that when it says the church, I think it's important that we understand that he's not sending this letter to the world at large. He's sending this letter to people that are called saints, people that are called holy people, people that are called the church, that set-apart people that have embraced Jesus. They have believed that Jesus came and lived and died and rose again for the redemption of their own sin load, and it creates this family that's a spiritual family called the church. And he says, I want you to send this letter to the whole huge region. Now, I just want to mention here, I'm going to mention it a couple of times. What, we, what we've allowed to take place in the church in America is this, this pretense of perfection, or this pretense of I've arrived, or I'm better than somebody else. And so a lot of people that are not believers in Jesus Christ have this perception because that has been presented to them very clearly that those within the church are perfect. They've got their stuff together. And I just want to remind you that 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians were written to saints People that were born again, people that have embraced Jesus, but they were a messed up, struggling, sin-struggling group of people that didn't understand the gravity of sexual sin, and they didn't understand the impact of some of their choices that they were making. So Paul addresses some serious things to this church, but also because he wants this this struggle to be spread and understood throughout all the churches in Achaia. So if you're here this morning and you think, I don't have my life together, and I am not somebody that's got everything figured out, then you're safe here because we are of kindred spirits and struggles. You get what I'm saying? So let's read on. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now grace... It's not just a greeting, it's that concept of unmerited favor. And peace, some of you walked in here this morning, and I want to remind you that Jesus offers you a peace, not like the kind of peace that you get in this world, but a peace that starts deep in your soul, that works its way out. It's a peace that's not circumstantial, but it's spiritual and it's internal, it's emotional, it's mental. It's something that is a salve, it's a beautiful gift from God. This is what he said, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, blessed, holy, amazing exalted be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father of mercies, and look at what it says, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, in all of our trouble, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. There's this exchange, there's this flow of his presence. Now, if we're afflicted, it is for our consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings 
which we also suffer, or if we are comforted, it is for our consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will, be, you will partake of the consolation. Now, there's a couple of things I just want to mention here real quick, and I want to I lay the foundation so you can understand. And um, Evan, can you come up here? Can you come up, stand up here? All right. Derek, Derek, can you make your way up here? Hey, Chad, can I get your help? Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. Good job. All right. Ted, why don't you come on up here? Let's see. Sean, you want to help me out? He's looking around like, seriously? Yeah. Sean, you got your cast off? Oh, man, I was hoping you were going to use that against me. Okay. That's all right. That's cool. All right. So, Evan, you stand over here next to me. Okay. I want you to understand that when it's using this word, and I think it's important that you understand that this word tribulation, this word trouble in the original languages, I want you to, I want you to see this because this, is, this gives some deeper, some deeper understanding and a deeper perspective. Let me get All right, so now, let me, there you go. You guys keep it up. You, you, you guys, you guys, you guys keep it. No, no, no. Just keep it, now, keep it, keep the pressure on, keep pressing together. Now, this is what I want you to see. Let me read while you guys have that visual image. Go ahead. Do that. No, do that and then hold the pose. Okay? Press in on him, then hold it. Ted, get real close to his face like you were and then hold it. There you go. That's good. Did you have coffee this morning? Okay. (laughs) All right, good. So let me read what it's talking about comfort here. Comfort in this context in the Greek language is talking about to console to encourage, to strengthen by consolation, to comfort. To receive comfort of or in a thing. And what it means is this consolation or comfort, it's not given in words, but the, in the experience of a happier lot or by a happier issue, it's equivalent to the level of refresh or to cheer. So let me, let me say something. Comfort is not sympathy. Comfort is not sympathy. Oh, Evan, I'm so sorry that you're having a difficult time. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? That's not helping. Most of this church family, what I love about you, you don't want people's sympathy. We've been in most situations and we've walked some life together and I'm looking you eyeball to eyeball and you know that I know that you don't want sympathy. I'm not talking about sympathy when I'm talking about comfort. The idea with comfort here is that I am able to share my experiences with Evan to encourage him and to strengthen him and to bolster him up. I don't have the ability to remove the pressures, whatever they are in his life. Do you get that? I simply had the ability to encourage and strengthen him because I know what that pressure feels like. Now, yes, take a pose. As Americans, I want you to just think about something real quick. One of the things from this visual the most of us have in common is that we try to remove ourselves immediately from any pressing together. 
And some of you, you will do extreme crazy things to remove yourself from feeling this sense of pressure. Run. Compromise. Damage yourself. And the context of what we're talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning is not us being removed from the pressure, but us learning how to receive strength and encouragement to endure the pressure and to come out on the other side. So what I say to Evan is I'm like, Evan, dude, I'm on your team. I'm here for you. And I, I know that things stink right now, but I want to encourage you to be strong. I want to encourage you. I know it's not natural for us as men, but I want you to look to God, and I want God to give you supernatural strength. I want you to grow in faith, and I want you to learn how to deal with these things because, Evan, it stinks, but I want, I want to just let you know that in my life, God has used these pressures to change me and to flush me out and make me better. You feel the connection to what we're saying? I'm not going, especially with a man going, oh, I'm so sorry that you're having a hard time. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> so, there again, what is the church sometimes takes on the role of the world, and so then what are we trying to do? Here, Evan, let me help you. Let me do my best to move these pressures. That pressure nothing. Does your mama know you're like that? You get what I'm saying? And so sometimes do you understand that it's those things in our lives that God is using to make us an incredible voice of his presence in this world. Thank you very much. Good job. Good job, Chad. Got me. All right, Chad, leave me hanging up. So if you want to write a couple things down, let me give you some quick observations. Please hear me when I say this. Brothers and sisters, this is the difference between relational faith and church going. And if you're just coming just to be in the church service, I'm glad you're here. But my heart, my desire is for you to move from attending to participating personally with God. Comfort from God is a faith and relationship experience. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you are beating yourself up regularly because of your choices in the past or the things that you struggle with or the things that you can't get victory over. And I'm telling you this morning that you should stop beating yourself up and stop comparing yourself with other people and acting like you're somehow supposed to be perfect and just embrace the path that you've been on and draw close to God and allow Him to do something deep inside of you that you could never pull off on your own or you could never have anybody help you with. And some of you, you're looking at me heart to heart and eyeball to eyeball because we've spent time in private together. We've spent time in personal place of sharing our hearts. And you know 
You've told me some dastardly things that you think should keep you from doing anything, and you haven't phased me, you haven't phased my wife and I, and we've looked at you and we've said, we understand, now let's go forward by faith and live in victory. I'm saying this morning that God giving us comfort is a deep faith relationship. And it's personal. Comfort from others is an affirming humility experience. Did you hear what I just said? And brothers and sisters, let me just encourage you that in this individualistic society that we now live in, in the level of arrogance that some of us embrace, some of you won't allow anybody else to genuinely strengthen you, encourage you, or comfort you because it's so important for you to give the perception that you've got your stuff together. Well, if you've got your stuff together like that, then maybe you and I need to have a conversation privately and you need to be up here. Because I don't. I'm on a similar path, but I have a different responsibility. So I don't stand up here because I'm perfect or I have all my stuff together. But I stand up here because of a passion and a calling. Let me read this to you. Two thoughts about that. You've got to allow people in. Listen to this. To receive comfort, you've got to allow people in. You've got to let people know a little bit about you. Or, or, and hear me when I say this. You have got to learn to be, and we've got to be, learn to be the kind of church family that those of us, when we're on the outside of a situation, that we're paying attention and we have our eyes off of ourselves and we are aware of and we respond when we see other people that need comfort. See, it's a two-way street. Either you allow people in, and there's some of you sitting here right now that over the last two weeks, I have come alongside of you, and I've tried to do it in a sweet, gentle way. Some of you don't allow me any other choice than to be brash and in your face and tougher with you because I am trying to let you know that I see that you need comfort. Strength. I'm not giving you sympathy. I'm not being like, oh, your poor baby love is so hard. Oh, no, you just got it so rough. You need that? You can get a lot of that, a lot of places. But what I'm talking about is for us to learn to be the kind of church where we get our eyes off of ourselves and we see our brother or sister and we know something's going on and we come alongside them and you just say, hey, listen. I just see that there's something going on. You're on my heart. You're on my mind. May I encourage you? Now, most of the time, most of the time, people respond to that. Now, I'm man, got all the encouragement I need for today. My encouragement cup is brimming over the top. Yet, anybody say that to you? Not in this world. So think about that. How are we going to give comfort? I got to say, I got to tell you this and wrap up. Comfort is one of the most powerful proclamations of a risen Lord and the power of the gospel. Let me read that again. Comfort is one of the most powerful proclamations of a risen Lord and the power of the gospel. Received on the most personal level, it's not shallow. And shared on the most personal level, it's not shallow. This is what I want to leave you with. Who's a minister in here? A lot of you are going to point at me. 
When we begin to understand that every single person in here that has embraced Jesus as Savior is one of the most powerful representations of ministry everywhere you go, because your life experiences, your failures, your faults, your struggles, if you will allow yourself to be open to the power of God, and if you will realize what Paul says, that he is working in you because he's going to bring you into the presence of somebody that you are going to relate to and needs encouragement, that needs strength, that needs to be built up, and you are going to relate to them in a way that Tim Duggins never could. Some of your friends at the wedding, they're looking at you to see Jesus in you, bud. And they're going to look at me and go, I ain't even talking to that preacher, man. That dude's weird. You hear, you hear stuff he's saying in the wedding vows? You think he really believes that junk? And then Bud quietly goes, yeah, man, because I'm living proof. I'm going to be baptized soon. Am I speaking truth? All of his past experiences, all of what he would say, you could, some of us could classify as failures, mess-ups, whatever. That's what's made Bud the man that he is, and that's what's brought him to this point. And I'm just using him. I could go across the room, person after person, man after man, woman after woman, and yet Bud has a greater resource to minister to people that Tim Duggins will never even know their name. And he doesn't have to have 500 Bible verses tucked underneath his arm. He doesn't have to go to seminary. He doesn't have, he simply needs to be the channel of the voice of God to simply say, I get where you are. You turn to Jesus and you put your eyes on him. He will do amazing things if you trust him. You know what, that's what we're supposed to be in this world. Some of the situations you've been in, maybe you've got a fair failed marriage, maybe you've got a failed relationship, maybe you've got a failed business venture, I don't know what, I don't know what your level of failure is, your struggle, I don't know what you've been battling, but can I just tell you, instead of you staying in a powerless place, God is trying to flow his very presence through you so that he can use you as the voice of comfort and hope and encouragement and strength in the life of somebody else. lost world. You know what? People on the outside, you know what they, they just have, a lot of them have this in their mind, you know what they expect? Oh, that's a bunch of perfect people who've got their stuff together. You say, oh man, I don't know who's pulled the wool over your eyes, but we're not perfect, but we are forgiven, and we are taking baby steps of faith, and let me tell you of how God has comforted me. Let me tell you about this situation and what he's done. You're a minister. You're a minister. You're a minister. Eyeball to eyeball, person to person. Those of you that I know that you've embraced Jesus as your Savior, but comfort is based on not going to church, but on a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. As we leave here today, Go be his ministry. There's not a one of us in here this morning that are perfect. If we've got our stuff together, 
It's just because we did better yesterday than we did the day before, and we're learning. God be the glory for that. He gets the praise. You know, there's a world. Anxiety levels, depression levels, suicide levels are off the charts, brothers and sisters. Who's going to give them the comfort of Jesus Christ and the reality of his presence? Comes through broken vessels like us and him shining the light of his son Jesus through our cracks, our holes, and our failures. Let's shine for him. Let's be used of God to comfort those who need strength and need God.